And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Episode 177 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. How is everybody this week? Yep. I'm good this week. Uh, uh, this is a good week for me. Okay. I mean, Are you ready for some comics? <laughs> <laughs> All the comics. Bring them on. Very good. And we shall. And by we shall, I mean I only read half of mine this week because I'm back in rehearsal. I have no spare time. Uh... Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I made yeah. giant dents in my backlog. <laughs> you have named them Harvey and Duella. <laughs> there you go. Batman, number 78. Uh, the Bat and the Cat. Yes, the Bat and the Cat on the beach. Uh, it's I settled. Should... Listen, it's settled. Or is it the Bat and the Cat? Maybe it's Matches and the Cat. <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a cat. That fucking mustache. <laughs> Every know. time I'm like, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, my dude. <laughs> Matches should die, okay? Stop. The worst and best simultaneously. Matches is great. Leave matches alone. (laughs) I will not. Leave matches alone. The matches needs some different fucking facial hair. Matches has look, matches is not the facial hair that Gotham deserves. (laughs) Matches is the facial hair that Gotham needs. I was so confused this entire this entire issue. Yeah. I was so confused this entire issue because of all of the beefcake that I was getting and that mustache, but there was no porn. <laughs> Why was there no porn? It, it, it is a porn stash. It is 100% a porn stash. That, that's issue 78.5. Ay. <laughs> nice. You know, famous sex number 78.5. hmm Yeah. Also, my sleep number. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So the bat and the cat are uh, storming the beach. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm. enjoying the beach. And uh, (laughs) debating why things went the way they did in number 50. Yeah. Finally fucking talking about it. Fucking finally. I I love how they're trying to sleep in different rooms, but neither one of them can sleep. And they're literally like in this open air cabana thing. So like they can just talk to each other the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) They say their apologies. You might call it a mea culpa cabana. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Wow, that was a lot even for you, Alex. Now I'm going to be singing that fucking song all day long. Thank you. Me too, but you know what? Worth it. (laughs) Um, there is a panel composition thing that I love in that sequence where they're each on other sides of the wall and the wall becomes the panel border. Yeah, that it's was wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also a moment where they like finally start to actually talk about it where they like overlap on top of the panel border in the not in like a nine panel grid. In like a nine panel grid or whatever, where they're like on top of the border walls, which I think is kind of cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh... They're in the gutter, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, uh, as they should be as they should be I I do love uh, yeah I mean he Batman finally gets to a place where I think he has finally admitted to someone how he really feels yes yeah yeah and I mean, it's the kind of thing that I think there's other people in his life who knew it, like Alfred, obviously. Like everyone who saw him? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but, you can't hide that shit. But, no, he can't hide that shit. But he hadn't admitted it to anyone. He was in or himself. denial. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to uh, lie, I did like almost cry <laughs> during those last few pages. Uh, oh, the, I definitely The Batarang did. fight, I was like... <laughs> oh, it's okay, yeah. it's going to be okay. Like... Her clearly trying to goad him into just, yes. like, making her suffer Because for she it. feels this shit, too. She's like, come yeah. on, be mad at me. God damn it. Yeah. Hey, it's... when that Tom King writes, that Tom King writes. Yeah. And, and Selena, oh, you poor rich boy. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. Uh... 
Hey, Jen. Yeah. Tell me about field tripping, number one. Field tripping. Uh, this was a Comixology original. Hold on, let me find it so I can pull up the creative team. But I'll tell you what it's about before I do. Uh, it's about, it's like, it, it's like the magic school bus went so fucking wrong. It went, it went so fucking wrong. Well, it sounds like the magic school bus on an acid trip. <laughs> Basically. Okay. Uh, so these kids get their parents to sign a permission slip to go on a field trip with their teacher. Um, and the field trip, the permission slip is like really vague. It's like, oh yeah, we're going on a field trip on this day. So, you know, just let your children come. <laughs> uh, so their parents all sign and one kid forges his signature, but it's fine. And they end up uh, dimension hopping <laughs> to this world where everything is really beautiful and the seasons change in a day's time like in one day you can see all the seasons uh unfortunately the plant the whole planet is also infested with killer plants so that's Could be worse that's where things start to turn bad one of the girls gets oh just wrecked by these plants <laughs> Oh, um, no. and everybody hops back on the bus and the teacher's trying to get them out of there, but she, she maybe doesn't know exactly how the bus works. <laughs> so seven years later, <laughs> we're still dimension hopping. <laughs> They've lost like half of the class. <laughs> it's, oh. it's terrible. It's great though. It, 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 it's written with the feel of an all ages book, but it's dealing with like these dark things that are happening around them. Um, trying to think of just how awful it would be to have been stuck with any of my grade school like classes for seven years yeah no fuck yeah. that i would have killed half of them on <laughs> yes, my own that's what i mean yes you know there's that one kid like shoving folks into the man-eating fuck yeah <laughs> one of the dimensions yeah, is <laughs> yeah it's me one of the dimensions is um there are they get there and they think that they're home and it's people are walking around. Unfortunately, the people are piloted by sentient or sentient. Obviously, they are sentient, but raccoons. <laughs> yeah. So they turn and they're like, oh, my God, those people, they don't have pilots. Don't what are we doing? Pilots. It's very good. It's it's very good. So the writers and co-creators are James Asmus and Jim Festante. And the art is Jose Garcia. And and Ryan Ferrier is lettering this one. Nice. Yeah, it's very good. And it has backups and wrote, everything. That's my sort of gambit run that I liked. It's very it's good. A, it sounds good. Event Leviathan number four. We haven't talked a lot about this. This actually has gotten, I think, really, really good. Um, I think this has been really, really good since the beginning. It, it has. But, uh, yeah. Like, I like how it's building, though, and misdirecting. I like this kind of team that they've put together for this. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think is really well done in this, if you ask me after number number four what's going on in this book, I don't know that there's a whole lot more that I could tell you than what happens in number three, or than what happens at the end of number one. Right. right? Like, kind of the same thing that, that in terms of Heroes in Crisis, I, I levied as a criticism. Yeah. But here, the way that it is built out, like, you're peeling away layers of this mystery as you do it. It's like, no one can trust anyone at first. You're kind of getting bits and pieces of what's going on throughout this. So you're getting puzzle pieces. You just have, like, no two of them actually connect, but you're seeing more and more of the picture. Yes. Like, like you you definitely feel like you're getting more information. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just And you're seeing, you're seeing the team dynamics at the same time become yeah. at least a little bit more solid and people actually be able to trust and eliminate and logic through things more than they could early on yes it's like watching a bunch of superheroes do one of those like eighth grade math warm-up problems where you've got like the three squares of five by five grids and have to figure out what chair Susie was sitting in and which hat she was wearing and Susie was wearing the green hat but the person next to her was wearing the blue yep. and Tommy wasn't wearing the blue but Tommy sat at the end. The word problem brain teasers, yes. Yes. Yep. It feels like that in comic form in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these characters are, I really like the dynamic they add, like Manhunter. Yeah. Manhunter and Damien together. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, man. Damien is a piece of work, man. I love when Superman shows up to the, like, wait, we're just going to let him walk in here and we trust him. Yeah, he's Superman. Yeah, he's Superman. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make us go sit in the break room while you and Superman and Lois talk. You really expect us to be okay with that? Yeah, it's Superman. 
<laughs> I also like I don't know who it was. It felt like it <clears throat> I think it was coming from Oliver, maybe. Probably. But uh the who even is Manhunter? Uh she's my accountant, I'll vouch. Or my my attorney. My I'll attorney, vouch. I'll vouch for it. Yeah, it was Oliver. <laughs> yes. And also just that good, good good alex alex malieve art yeah yeah which works super super uh, and plastic man in this he was like wait you want some of my rogues i can give you some of mine <laughs> and then he just goes on and on for panels listing rogues around a conversation oh and they're all so awful <laughs> like for such a like serious world changing book yes it's still so like goofy bindus all throughout in the be- again the best possible way yeah <clears throat> well it's and what he's doing is he he leverages the characters that fit that role in like Plastic Man, right? Yeah, yeah, and Damien with the super snark, and yeah, yep. Um, we also have in this one like Silencer hanging out in a tree outside of Stately Wayne Manor. Just <laughs> yes, I guess she's supposed to take out Batman or Bruce Wayne or something, but she's radioing into I guess Leviathan, whoever she's working for. Like, uh, Lois Lane just left here. Lois Lane is at Bruce Wayne's house. What are they hooking up? Well, they should. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, are Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane hooking up? Well, I would if I were them. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to follow her or stay here? stay here okay well superman just superman is also there (laughs) (laughs) yeah these guys are really doing a bad job of covering up their friendship they really are yes um everything about this i just adore (laughs) like bruce like like oliver's like you never come to my house have you ever invited me to your house is your place nicer than mine nicer than stately wayne manor (laughs) no I love how consistently they call it Stately Wayne Manor in this. Stately Wayne Manor. Nice. Um, we find out that there is maybe a mole on the inside of Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That girl. Which, I mean, there was a big question about that because... Yeah. Yeah. Unless she's actually a mole in the other direction. Correct. Is she a triple agent? Yes. Because uh, they, they definitely set this up when Leviathan first showed up as a... <laughs> They definitely set this up when Leviathan first showed up as a what his ultimate goal was when he revealed it to certain people would be a very tempting thing for people to join in on. Yes. Yeah. And apparently every member of every spy agency he has taken off the board has joined him. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know. Do we have any guesses as to who Leviathan is at this point? Man. Because I got to thinking about it. And there is one character who's been off the board, I think basically for as long as I've been reading DC stuff, who would make sense, and this would be kind of a fitting, both a fitting way to bring him back in and the kind of two-faced, you know, deal with the devil looks good on the surface, but is actually way more manipulative. You made me think of someone, but go ahead. Maxwell Lord. That's exactly you made me think of yep yeah maxwell lord that would fit too it would be very reasonable for it to be maxwell lord other than well i mean it could maxwell lord was always more of like just the wheeler dealer manipulator not so much like the technology spy side see i think there was a period before i started reading and while you were on break from reading where he did get more into that maybe so maybe so like leading up to that infinite crisis final crisis maybe so uh that period okay um you know that period in which wonder woman killed him right when he got killed yeah um that's my best guess right now apropos of nothing but then we find out at the end wonder woman or uh, lois lane has been uh has been hedging her bets the whole time she has and also everyone thought manhunter was lois lane (laughs) (laughs) that was great uh yeah she has uh some other friends who Batman and company don't know about. The other detectives. Yeah, Zatanna and Co. I thought that the first group was an odd mix. The second the group. The second though. group is off the charts, man. Um we have another question, I'm guessing is Renee, Renee right? Deathstroke, Harvey Bullock. Um I'm ge- I, I'm thinking that's got to be Constantine, right? I mean, either that or Willoughby Kipling. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know who the other one is. Let me... The one on the far left. Which, I mean, he's got a very recognizable suit, but I'm not sure who... Yeah, I wasn't sure who that was either. Okay. If it were, you know, a mirror image of this, I would think, is that supposed to be Elongated Man? Yeah, but I think, like, even now, 
Well, who knows after Rebirth, but I, I mean, isn't he gone? I think he got better. Did he? Okay. Um, he, he, he was alive before Rebirth. Okay. So maybe Gail New Simone, 52. I think Gail Simone brought him back in uh, the New 52 Secret Six. Okay, maybe so. In that case, it could be him. Um, which would make sense because he's a detective and I think maybe right. has ties to some of the... Did he have ties to Checkmate at some point, maybe? Oh. I don't know. If so that would have been in the per- my dark period. Um, Regardless, like, what a, what a messed up group. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Bullock and Montoya make sense together. They would both be GCPD types. Uh-huh. But uh, some of these others, yes, it's, are a It's stretch. really the Constantine and Deathstroke that I want to see the interaction between. I want to see the interaction between Constantine and Harvey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I really, really like this book. I like the direction it's headed, although I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going somewhere. I I enjoy the, the 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 ride it's taking me on, so therefore I'm yeah. looking forward to what comes next. How's that? Agreed. Gotham City Monsters number one, a book that definitely has nothing at all to do with Night of the Monster Men. Okay, <laughs> except uh, other than the fact that it takes place in quote Monster Town, it really kind of doesn't. I mean. No, but it is still picking up in Monster Town. We see the future of Monster Town, well, current day Monster Town, post-Bane. Right. Or during Bane. Like, during Bane, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck There's, is going on. There is connective tissue there. There is, but it, uh, only the, in only in it, it acknowledges that that was, you know, canonical yeah. history. Right. Yeah, it acknowledges, hey, we had this loose end, we're gonna do something with it. But, um, yeah, so we get, uh, kind of flashes into each of the characters that are gonna be involved in this. Yeah. And then we get reasons for their ties to why they're gonna get drawn in, like what the threads are that are gonna get pulled. Yeah. And holy shit, they're not holding back anything in this one, though, because, um, these guys aren't messing around. I mean, Andrew Bennett, by the end of this, is half the man he used to be. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> he just gets cleft straight in twain across his equator. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Frankenstein ain't having none of that shit. <laughs> Frankenstein's in a very dark place in this. Yeah. I get the... Like, I <laughs> all I could think of was... <laughs> Flashing back to that young monsters in love, where 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 his wife was kissing something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I went there too. Uh, and he's pissed about it. That's all I can think of. Um, but yeah, he is. He is not happy. Um, so we get him. We get. Um, I can't remember her name. Lady Clayface. Is that her name? Um. I can't remember, yeah. but it's uh, it's essentially you know uh, Clayface's powers, but it's the 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 girl that has them. I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, we get Orca, who is you know someone we haven't seen a whole lot of. Um, Lady Clay. Lady Clay. That's it. That's it. Um, and then uh, we get uh, yeah, Andrew Bennett. I Vampire. So all yes. of the... Oh, and Killer Croc. And Killer Croc. And Killer Croc, who is out of the Suicide Squad, has paid his debt to society, and really just wants to... Not, I don't want to say, like, be good, but, like... And uh, he kind of does. Like, he wants he, to be legit. He wants to go straight. Yeah, and he wants to kind of protect the people of Monster Town that nobody else is watching out for. Yeah. Right? Like, be the local kind of hero, and... Yeah. And they all go for a night at the opera. They do. Ooh. It's a... Bad night at the opera. <laughs> it's a night at the opera, which might actually be a ritual to reawaken an ancient evil. Yeah. Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. It was uh, not good. Uh, I mean, it was good. I liked the book, but yeah. like... The, the opera the, was the bad. The opera was bad, yeah. <laughs> how, was, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Melmoth is the, is the demon that they pull back. Yeah. And, um... Yeah. This should, this should be fun. I, I'm, I'm looking... I like how the setup went and i like these characters that are very underused in my yeah yeah i agree wonder twins number seven form of a tour guide <laughs> i like my eggs poached this this series is the new flintstones as far as social commentary by mark russell yep. <laughs> yes 
I mean, between this and Second Coming. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm all I'm all down with it because it's truly wonderful. Um, I, I like the different reactions that people have to the same events, right? Yeah. And it really is about um, how, kind of how you, what you focus on from an event as far as how you feel about it coming out of it. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's, it's, so after the events of number six, mm-hmm. uh, Zan is kind of on top of the world, popular at school, lauded as a hero. And Jana's mourning her friend, right? Who is yeah. being arraigned and and in a way mourning that their what they what they were trying to do didn't work because in a way it was a good thing, kind of. Yeah, like right. it came like, like, so close to having the desired effect. Right, exactly. Right. Yep. And then they get demoted to tour guides. <laughs> yes. Because, well, there's not so much for you to do. Well, you got rid of the League of Annoyance, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. We got an extra six issues. We need to find something new for you to do. Like, there was that almost meta moment in that yes, of, yes. did not plan for this, yeah. but we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, well, and then the part that I love. So, they, they, the Justice League has decided to start offering VIP tours, like, more in-depth of the Hall of Justice. And Zan and Jane are going to be the tour guides. So, they take these people on tours, and one of the places they take them is into the control room. And it just so happens that it's as they get an alert that there's a meteor that's going to strike the earth and destroy all of human existence. Yeah. And the people freak the fuck out. <laughs> but they were already rioting in the street because of a hockey match. Oh, well, that would yeah. go cubes. Go cubes. <laughs> go cubes. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> So the Justice League, before the control room incident, has sent in the Repulsor (laughs) to break up up the riot in the street, the hockey riot in the street. Yes. Poor Repulsor. Poor Repulsor. That poor guy. He just Uh, wants a friend. He has to be locked away because... I can already taste it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> I'm wearing a gas mask and I can still smell it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they, they like dangle him above the crowd and his uh, odor drives people away. Yeah. But then I love like how too... <laughs> they dangle him just high enough that nobody can really hurt him. Right. Except one guy gets one real lucky shot and hits his leg with a beer bottle. He's like, ow, hey, nice shot, dude. <laughs> yes. He's so friendly and, and I like, know. optimistic. Uh-huh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman's like, well, there's a there's a riot of hockey fans downtown. Should we uh should we go break that up? No or leave it to the police? No, we've got a guy for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like like they have this guy. I kind of fucking hate and fucking love Superman in this, by the way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is very much like Silver Age Superman's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. And then uh, we get, but like his talk to Jaina at the end like is on point, man. It's on point. It's also her super villain origin story. Sure. (laughs) Right? Sure. Um, But yeah. I, but the the best part, though, the best part is after the second riot, you know, after everybody finds out that the world is going to end. Oh, wait, oh, yes. no, it's not because superheroes saved it. Yeah. Everybody thought that the Justice League left Earth because the meteor's coming. <laughs> so they riot again. Yeah. And the repulsor gets sent in again. And unfortunately, he gets a little attack because the crane breaks. Um, But they save him. And one of the crowd members is like... I- thought you left us you know because of the meteor and superman's response was fucking great he's like oh yes. yeah we did leave you you have to leave the planet to divert meteors yeah it's sort of where they live <laughs> yeah that was just those two panels were just the best fucking thing and then fucking and then, bruce offering him a taser <laughs> and then the, the guys the people are like uh well, well you should tell us when we're in mortal danger how often does this happen and he's like well more probably often more often than you'd like and to he was know like, well, how, you should tell us when we're how come you never tell us and he like points to all the destruction <laughs> you the really have to ask Again, the best social commentary. <laughs> Just the best. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wonder yep. Woman, number 78. <laughs> oh, my word. So I read like four <laughs> issues to get caught up. This was the one where she, she stops Daredevil from robbing a pawn shop. <laughs> yes. What? Yep. Conspiracy <laughs> Corner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, No, this is... Wow. Holy cow. I... 
this this book is really really like and on the whole like just this issue this issue also but this is so so good yeah i i think it was announced recently that g willow wilson is leaving and that makes me very sad. that makes me incredibly sad because i love her take on this so kind of a quick catch up um cheetah was given the god slayer sword the god killer um but it's been amped up by Luther. That was kind of his gift to her. Um, and she uses it to break into Diana's house and kill Aphrodite. Mm. So love is dead. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no is right. Because it starts affecting people in ways that, like, they don't even immediately recognize. Like, right? who cares about Veronica coffee Kale. anymore? What's up? I said, like, except who... Veronica Kale. Well, <laughs> it... <laughs> She has to be pointed out how it affects her because there's only one thing she loved and she didn't even really think about that. (laughs) Not so much a who needs coffee anymore so much as a maybe Steve Trevor is finally going away. (gasps) Steve's a dick. Can we talk about what a dick Steve is? He's always been a dick. He will always be a dick and he should not be a character anymore. Ever. I know. Him and and Kyle Rayner need to fuck off. How do you really feel though, Jen? (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you how I really feel if you want to no, know. No, wait. Maybe maybe we can work with this. Can we just secret into the world, like, some standalone ongoing about Kyle Rayner and Steve Trevor hooking up and being obnoxious in space that we never actually have to ever read? Or they hook up and it's like, why didn't we do this before? Now we're totally cool dudes together. Turns out we were just looking for each other. Boom. Done done we're done now i like them hey there we go either way nope i i i don't think even that would overcome their dickiness <laughs> probably not probably not they'd probably just kill each other which again fine with yeah. the only good steve trevor is justice league animated series steve trevor where he's only diana's age in the 40s and is an old man in the present yeah yeah and i i think maybe that's my my dilemma with steve trevor is i keep wanting to like him because i like his, uh, I, I mean, I, maybe it's I like Wonder Woman's origin story, and I'm fine with like the 1940s, you know, World War II guy crashing, and that's like how they come to recognize that the world's in trouble and all that. I'm fine with that story, but like then in, that's in present <laughs> in present day, Steve Trevor is giving a fish a bicycle. <laughs> Wonder Woman yes. does not need a Steve Trevor. Yeah. Somebody yeah. needs to sit down with, with her and be like, girl, do you see you? You're so much better than this bullshit. Yeah. Aphrodite does point out, Atlantides calls it. She's like, he, he's just they... a stupid, just a stupid soldier. Why? What does she see? And Aphrodite's like, the heart wants what the heart wants. Can't explain it. Ugh. That, Ugh. Yeah. Well, the heart I don't mean... want no more. <laughs> I mean, Good. we don't have to like it or agree with it. Ugh. Yeah. Diana, you can do better. Yeah. And you should see that you can do better. You should see that. Ugh. Sorry, I hate Steve Trevor. Me too. Yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, 81 is G. Willow Wilson's last issue. I am a big fan of this G. Willow Wilson run of Wonder Woman, though, because it's Me real, too. real good, good. Yeah. It feels like it's building to so much more than it's going to have time to get to do, but I appreciate the time we have had with her right uh, now. Yeah, I almost feel that same way, yeah. Because I, 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 mm, it'll be interesting, because... I feel like there needs to be a good bit more time for the whole Atlantiades character to develop and become what I think she was going to have them become. Yeah. But, yeah. Young Justice number eight, <laughs> um, in which we spend time on an Earth where Steve Trevor is the most likable person. <laughs> Earth three. Earth three. Uh, which is, you yeah. know what, though? I really like this kind of update on earth three that we get yeah this is really cool so we finally like back during forever evil like the crime syndicate came to earth one and kind of like some of them were killed and some of them were detained and some of them are like hanging out at large really haven't been heard from in a minute so uh basically the earth three equivalent of young justice has kind of taken over the place and donna troy is keeping the team together by basically forming a love triangle with uh drake luthor l and drake yeah yeah um and so the the crime syndicate being gone left this huge power vacuum right Mm -hmm. and I get the. I think they described it as she has taken over like Gotham and Metropolis. Yeah. With this group, so you know, the, there's potentially other people out there that you know have other. But one of the things I love is that 
you know, there were no gangs when uh, <laughs> when the crime syndicate was here. This world now... has a logical, canonical reason for gangs that fight while going. Yes, <laughs> but but it's it's but now that they're gone, we have the ambush bugs and worst the, the snapper, snapper cars. cars. <laughs> it's so wonderful. What was the oh, what was the other one? Hang on, here it is. Oh, the sugar and spikes. That yeah. was the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just the right, and that's just it's just that little sprinkle of humor that's just like it's almost yeah. so subtle you'll miss it, right? <laughs> and who uh, uh, who is the the lone defender of Gotham trying to stave off this evil version of Young Justice? Batwoman. And who is Batwoman? Stephanie Brown, who Impulse promptly knocks out because he thinks she's attacking yeah. Red Robin. <laughs> yes. I love the choice of like her in this position, not just in the story of the in in, in terms of like this particular story mm-hmm. and the beat of having Earth One Tim run into Earth Three Steph. Mm-hmm. But also just like the whole, she is the child of a super villain and kind of never really sort of got, at least in current continuity, like never really 100% was down with being a member of the Bat family and kind of does her own thing as spoilers. So like, if you invert that, okay, so she's Batwoman now, but also still kind of exists outside of this structure. It makes a lot of sense in that sort of mirror universe way. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's just it. That's one of the things that I like about this kind of update with earth three is you get these people aren't exact mirrors kind of like crime syndicate is crime syndicate is very clearly the quote evil versions of these characters and they mirror them you know very yeah these characters are a lot more nuanced and subtle and like different slants or takes a little bit yeah 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 like one of the things is you get the feeling of amazon and and kind of this young justice group aren't really evil like the crime syndicate was they're opportunistic yes like they feel like they have to do that to survive and they've got the power to do it so that's what they're gonna do yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway Very love good love this hey jen yes tell me about chastity chastity uh this is a book from Dynamite. Um, it's about a young woman who is half vampire, and she goes to an audition because she's also a struggling actress. She goes to an audition that she thinks she's sure to get. It's for a burlesque show in New York, and all the other girls that are in there, uh, something is wrong with them, something is happening, and she realizes that they've all been drugged, so she tries to fight her way out of it. Uh, it not a lot happens in this first one. It, it's mostly just exposition, but it was really good, and it wasn't until the very end where I'm looking at all the covers, and I flip to the back cover, and I see mature readers on it that I'm like, am I reading a sex book? <laughs> Is that a thing that I'm... Is this a smut thing? I have I think a follow-up it, question. Is this it might a smut be? thing? I think okay. it might be. I think it might... But it's from Dynamite, so I was really confused, but I think it might be. I don't know. Dynamite went to some impressive lengths to avoid showing a single nipple in the last right. vamp- Vampirella. So, yeah. I mean, just so, some, like, anatomy-defying lengths. <laughs> <laughs> anatomy-defying. <laughs> Things uh, don't bend that way. What? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be, but it was really good. Like, it was really good. Awesome. This is... But it might be a sex book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good I choice. don't know. <laughs> well, you know what is also Leah Williams and is definitely the smutty issue yes. of this series. <laughs> Brian, you're very excited. Do you want to announce this one? My favorite book this week. It's Gwynpool Strikes Back. Number two. <laughs> Number two. In which she um decides which member of the Fantastic Four she needs to uh, mack on and hook up with in order to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be famous. <laughs> and, Jesus Christ. And and to maximize the chaosity of the issue, <laughs> she invites Deadpool. <laughs> because of course she does. Okay. Right. Though. Deadpool is her daddy, not Daddy TM. TM. Right. Daddy. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> And it's got it's got my quote of the week. Brian's quote of the week. <laughs> She's okay. like, okay, I want to straighten this out. Hi, I'm Gwynpool. I entered Marvel when I was 19, and at this time, I'd say I've been inside the 616 world for oh around three years or so. But due to Marvel's sliding time scale, I'm probably still 19, and probably will be for the foreseeable future. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to canonize that yes, while I'm legal by most metric wade is still way too old for me so the future marvel writer who tries to hook us up someday because i know one of you pervs is gonna try it you're nasty 
<laughs> hey, if I ever write for Marvel, girl, it's me for the record. Doesn't I'm I'm that nasty one. Doesn't Deadpool respond to that with a line about kink shaming from the past? Yes. Yeah, kink shaming from the past. Seriously though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So then she goes in and starts trying to figure out which one of the Fantastic Four she should go after. And Deadpool was like quizzing her about it. Uh, and let's see. With cardboard cutouts found <laughs> yeah. in their basement. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, um, so downside of seducing Reed, uh, he's too tied to Sue. Correct. <laughs> Downside of seducing Sue, uh, she's too tied to read. Correct. <laughs> and then, like the sword of Damocles, <laughs> Deadpool's next option. Uh, what about the bisexual unicorn you've been looking for and seduced them both? <laughs> ha, the ed- editors will never allow such a disruption to an A-list superhero marriage. <laughs> Hey, man, it doesn't have to be a disruption. The downside of seducing Ben, he's married to Alicia. And I don't even know how that would anatomically work. <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> seducing Johnny? Ooh, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> the whole goal of this issue... Is not to seduce a Fantastic Four member for its own sake. Correct. <laughs> but to just make out with one long enough for Terry Dodson to draw a cover based on it. <laughs> yes. That she can get a cover out of it, yes. <sighs> so so each one of those, after she says correct, he's like, all right, practice smooching. And so she smooches the, the cardboard cutout, right? <laughs> and then... And then Reed actually opens the door, and before Gwen realizes it, Deadpool's like, Now, smooch, smooch now, child smoocher, child soldier, smooch like you never smooched before. So she jumps in and kisses Reed, like the actual Reed. Oh! <laughs> yep. <laughs> right when Sue walks in. <laughs> oh no! Yes. Brian's it's... quote of the week has turned into Brian reading I this just, book I to can't us. Help it. This is my favorite <laughs> ever. It's so good. There is so much wonderful. This is this is this is just oh, it's great. So if anyone wants a deeper understanding of Brian, yeah, read this. There you go. <laughs> to which to which she turns around after that happens, like, yes, you hear that, Dodson's? That's it. That's the one. Get that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wait, hold on. Yep. Wade is too old for her. Yeah. But Smooch and Reed is fine. Well, just to get Wade's the Wade's been around since, like, World War Two. Yeah. Okay, but he's got the fucking maturity of a 12-year-old. Well, okay, yeah. Reed is at least, you know, a, a grown human person who thinks and acts like a grown human person. Yeah, so, but, I mean, she, I, I'm sure she would kiss Wade for a cover, but that's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This book also made me realize something. What's that, Alex? There's a point in which Gwen is censored with the skull and crossbone yep. uh, symbol. Need it. How good would Gwen be as a member of Next Wave? I just Need I it. can't. I can't even. Need I, it. I, I, oh my god. Her and the captain. Oh. I need it. <laughs> Her and Boom Boom. Well, Her and Boom Boom. There you go. Her oh, and, and, and boom she's, boom. she's available now because she broke up with Quentin. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but good. But oh, yeah. Like, like, it, it, like, Deadpool actually said, "Aren't you? Don't you have a boyfriend?" Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she broke up with him over text. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Let me lower the. Wow, that was shrieky. <laughs> so much. There's so much. <laughs> terrible, terrible human. Terrible human. Terrible human. But it was Quentin, so really, I mean. Yeah. King Thor number one. Oh, okay. There was a lull, so we're moving on. Let's go. Uh, Thor is king. Loki is necro god. They fight. Yep. Uh, granddaughters are trying to find help somehow. Yeah. I was so glad to see the uh, character who shows up as the librarian back in this. <laughs> and the whole time I was trying to remember, like, fuck, I know he was in the very first, like, nine issues of Aaron's run. What well, the fuck was he the god of? Well, yeah, I love very early. He's like, I'm the god of, I can't remember what I'm the god of, because he's forgotten so much. <laughs> and then at the end, he remembers. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a godhood. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of gods that have come back, huh? I mean, um, two. Yeah, right. But, you know, 
Uh, well, that's a, that's apparently a, a lot, given what they oh, thought yeah. was still around. And yeah. that's doubled the universal population of gods. <laughs> yes, it has. Well, tripled. Well, oh, uh, no, doubled. Yeah, yeah, because Loki, right? Yeah. Um, but, I can math. <laughs> but, oh my word. Yeah. Uh, and who is the character, Alec? I'll, I'll let you have it. What character? The, the librarian. Oh, I was not saying. I'm specifically oh, okay. not saying. If you okay. don't know who the fuck it is, read this book. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. Um, And then Thor, like, Lo- Loki is literally killing Thor. And yeah, just uh, in case we weren't super clear earlier, this is Allfather Thor at the end of time. Yeah. Yeah, that Picking that up King from, Thor. I think, issues five and six or six and seven of the most recent Thor run. Yeah. Um, And so Loki is literally killing him. And so he calls out for... To pro- calls out and prays to any gods that may be out there that would answer a prayer, and somebody shows up. Probably somebody. not who he wanted. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not who he wanted, but the right tool for the job. Hard to argue that. Hard to argue that. Yeah. This is good. There are only three more issues after this, and thus will conclude Jason Aaron's time writing Thor. Yes. Mm. Except on the Avengers. Right. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 10. Or... I think we are building ourselves towards some kind of Goblin-verse crossover book. Yeah. This issue reintroduces the ultimate Green Goblin. We have the Spider-Norman Osborn from Spider-Geddon running around right now. We have Norman Osborn in a position to theoretically, through the course of Absolute Carnage, be a little more Norman and a little less Cletus's mind in Norman's body. And we recently saw the Gwyn Goblin. <laughs> we got a lot of goblins running around. Yeah. And at some point, they've got to wreak havoc. Like, the, the Spider-Norman is the only person who can, like, freely traverse the web of of life and destiny at this point uh there's got to be something coming here before we get into this book like there's got to be something coming right there has to be it's too many goblins it's too many goblins for there to not be a thing happening spider <laughs> spider-man 2 too many goblins yes <laughs> um okay so this book so this book i got caught up on this book yeah what you think um so, this book is so so good it's continuously just so so good the last issue with uh hobie and what's dad's name uh uh dad running yeah. around well, and trying to hobie. save miles it's not oh hobie. no yeah right right it's right, right. uh aaron uh, it's aaron. aaron yeah yeah derp i just anytime i see prowler yeah it's the <laughs> well this is the weird thing where like it's ultimate prowler but here like he maybe kind of at one point was prowler but is or isn't now and was or wasn't now there's i think this is what we're kind of getting into with number 10 but like there are some yeah. inconsistencies in miles having been smushed into 616 yes and they are definitely definitely trying to figure those out yeah um but yeah that issue was so good and then the end of it was so I just, uh Jeff. His father's name is Jeff. Jeff, yes, it's Jeff. Like the right. land shark. Yes, yep, mm-hmm. Yep, but this one, um, Miles has not been Spider-Man for a while, for a few months now, and Peter kind of forces him back into it, <laughs> back into the swing of things on his birthday. Yeah, and not in, like, a pep talk, hey, kid, I'm gonna be a role model way, and a like, Peter's just too busy and uh, yeah. is entirely unaware of what Miles is going through. And Miles I'm... being Miles is like, I guess I gotta do this. Yeah, sure, all right. I need that moment of Peter swinging through wherever the hell he said he was and going, fuck, I really need to get Miles on this. Fuck, it's Miles's birthday. Fuck! <laughs> Happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> that card. That card. <laughs> it's so great. So, Miles's parents and Genki have, like, set up a birthday dinner for him, and it's adorable, and they understand that he has to leave and go be Spider-Man. But then when he finally finishes everything that he's doing they still do his birthday thing it's so adorable it's so late at night and everybody stayed and kept everything warm and it's it's adorable yeah and uh wilson fisk sees the return of an old friend yeah who here read spider-man 2 was it just me no i read it i think okay do you want to guess based on spider-man 2 i'm gonna guess miles's father no okay 616 Miles. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. 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 That's it. 616 Miles is back, and he's brought a Green Goblin with him. More Goblins. I mean, it's the ultimate Green Goblin yeah, no, okay. mentioned earlier. Yeah. The one on the yeah. cover of this book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The overall 250th issue of Miles Morales. Wow. 
Also, just how good is Saladin Ahmed at writing kids? Like, it's, their voices. Like, so good. Like, so good. Moon Knight, annual number one. Uh, in the ongoing eternal war between Khonshu and King the Conqueror, <laughs> only one, one group stands in defense of reality as we know it, the Moon Knights throughout time. <laughs> the, the time Moon Knights. Yes. <laughs> so... <clears throat> The lunar phases. Wait, no. Yeah. Kang gets a hold of three artifacts that essentially let him rewrite time, and he writes out Conchu's existence. Yeah, or tries. Right. <laughs> oh no. Um, but yeah. So, but something happens, and his plan is flawed slightly. I, I kind of get read it like the, because of the strength of the belief of Conchu's followers, kind of. Um, the way it is explained is because Khonshu is actually there by King's side when it happens. Okay. King is not able to erase him because he's in the void with him. Okay. So while he can manipulate history to like snuff out belief in Khonshu, as long as there are these like cultists still trying to like these revolutionary guerrilla type cultists still trying to fight off Kang, Khonshu still has a foothold. Okay. Mm. And there is our Moon Knight, Mark Spector, who gets sent through these time fissures to all of these different times where Kang is battling whoever the Moon Knight is of that time. Yes. And it's pretty awesome to see all of these different Moon Knights. Also, never try to shoot Kang. Never try to shoot Kang. (laughs) Yes. Uh Uh-oh. Well... He puts the bullets through a time portal. And he displaces them in time, and as soon as that happens, you know where that has to go. Right. Yeah, in a bra- couple he- of pages, the bullets come back through and shoot the Moon Knight. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there those bullets are. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this issue does two things. One, I feel like this is the first time that explicitly anyone other than Mark Spector has confirmed the existence of Khonshu. Um, like, there's really no question after this issue whether Khonshu is real or not. That's yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Kang is willing to go to these lengths exactly. in and of itself says that Khonshu was a real construct, right? So, like, the ambiguity of is Khonshu real or just this hallucination of Mark's? Bye! That's answered. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing it does is it contextualizes well, Khonshu as not only the god of travelers at night, but through time. Yes. Which makes me wonder, apparently Moon Knight's supposed to be a big part of Marvel's plans in 2020. Are we going to get, like, time-traveling Moon Knight hijinks? Oh, snap. See, this is where my conspiracy corner comes in, because it's going to be the DC crossover and Flash stuff right sure i'll go with that mark specter's other personalities are just replaced with barry allen wally west and bart allen yes um well what that would mean though is now that we know that Kanchu has this portfolio it would mean that that flash would worship Kanchu, right <gasps> as That's a true. time traveler yeah um alex to go back to your point about you know the whole construct of kanchu being whatever other than there's a specific point where one of the followers where he says wait can you not see kanchu here and it's one of kanchu's followers and they're like no but we see uh we uh but we see kanchu you stand before us and they're talking to mark so there's this whole uh, it made me it gave me this kind of meta idea of maybe whoever the moon knight is makes Kanshu real? I mean, I just took it as you are the avatar and therefore the proof yeah, of yeah, yeah, existence. But, you know. Yeah, I right. get what you're saying. Right. Uh, and, but also Kang is fighting Kanshu. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah. Oh my god, some of these some of these Moon Knights, though, are the best. We get, like, you know, the Old West Khonshu, and we get, like, this World War II soldier Khonshu. I mean, uh, Khonshu, Moon, Moon Knight. I, yeah. I mean, Moon Knight, yeah, yeah. This World War II Moon Knight, right? Uh, it, it, like a... Uh, gladiator. Uh, gladiator. Just... He hardly knew her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I, I mean, we get like ten different Moon Knights, and it's yeah. all beautiful. We also meet the first Moon Knight. Yes, we do. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Oh, the other like little detail I really dug in it. Um, what was the colorist on? In fact. Oh, hang on. And I will tell you, Mike Spicer. Uh, anytime there was, like, a sky, mm. 
the sky was done in the same color palette as the uh, the Lemire Moon Knight from a couple of years ago. Ooh. Yeah. There's blues and purples. Yep. And pinks. Yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this, was, this was a really fun issue. Yep. Yeah. Powers of Ten, number four. <sighs> yep. <I'm, laughs> this I, book. I'm out of words how to describe how much I love this. <laughs> I have words, but spoilers, I guess. Sinister is dead, long live Sinister. <laughs> yes. Is that is that Bar Sinister? That's that's where they live. It is, but also every time I see Bar Sinister, uh-huh. I think Simon Bar Sinister from yeah, Underdog. From Underdog, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I am also basically a 50-year-old man, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what I naturally think. I hear it, so. Right, like... I just kept waiting for Sweet Polly Purebred to show up around the corner. <laughs> There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. There we go. Got it. Uh, underdog. Underdog. So, Charles. So I, go ahead. No, you're good. Nope. I was going to say, Charles and Magneto show up to, I guess, request the aid of Sinister. Yeah. Right? They um, want his help. A thing we know will go badly in the future. But... Ooh. Yeah, he's not really inclined to help him, so Sinister kills himself, and now he is. This is the problem with clones. They have their own agendas. Yes. And in this case, the the mutant Sinister deposes the Sinister who wishes he had a cape in order to help help Charles and Magneto. Yeah. And how does he do it? By being fabulous! That's right. Damn straight. Okay, so, uh... I have never given a fuck about Mr. Sinister until this week. Same. Hard same. Very hard same. I, I do not care about Mr. Sinister at all. Anytime he shows up in a book and this time I'm like, well, if he's not written like this every time in the future, I'm going to burn the Marvel books that I buy from now on. No, not really. Not really. But well, most of his are digital, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to burn my computer and <laughs> I'm not going to do that. The key to unlocking right. Sinister is basically to turn him into Roger Debris from the producers. Yes, 100%. Wait, was that his character name? No. Yes. Oh, oh, you're yeah. talking Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You meant, okay. Yeah, the name of the character. And okay. the producer, yes. In yes, the yes, producers. Yes, 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 the yes, director, yes. Roger Elizabeth Debris. Yeah. I thought you were asking if that was his assistant is Roger Sinister's Bart, and I was like, like, hold on, no. wait. <laughs> yeah. But I always the get assistant's confused. character's name is Carmen Gia. Yeah, yeah. yes, Carmen Gia. Yeah. Nice. Um, the second piece of this story is Xavier taking Doug Ramsey to Krakoa and establishing what is clearly going to be the beginning of their relationship with the island. Yes. Yeah. And as a byproduct of that, we kind of get a little bit of the history of Krakoa and how it came to be and why, why, why it's sad. Yes. Because, as it turns out, no man is an island. Mm. Apparently no <laughs> island is an island either. <laughs> I love some the islands way... are just a man. At least, at least mutant islands aren't islands are an island. Right? I love the way that he pointed out that Charles was not picking up any any part of nuance on what Krakoa yes. was saying. Yes. He's like, oh, so what you hear is, Charles, an island friend. <laughs> island sad. What he's actually saying is this entire fucking story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Ramsey is very good, and I'm just waiting for Warlock to pop back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the last piece, which is the Phalanx, right? Yeah. Coming to, I'm guessing this is Earth. It's supposed to be Earth. Yeah. And given kind of the kind of some of the side matter, the the text matter in some of the back issues, we know that the phalanx basically come and judge whether or not a civilization has technology that is worthy to absorb. Mm-hmm. And we learned how Earth kind of plans to try to get around that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Question for you though. Yeah. Is it not very clear that the phalanx has something to do with the technology that's warlock? It's phalanx. Is phalanx. it phalanx? Okay. I've been yes. waiting for it. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> You're thinking of the word phallus, Brian. Oh, be... <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm combining the two. <laughs> maybe it's like shuriri. <laughs> Every time someone says shuriri, I get shapoopy from the music man stuck <laughs> in my head. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, um, what was your question? About their technology and whether it or not oh. involves the same technology that is Warlock. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the Phalanx is definitely related to Warlock. The okay. Phalanx is a is related to his race. In fact, in the in the uh, 90s X-Men cartoon, the episode that introduces Warlock is a two-part or three-part miniseries in which the Phalanx comes to Earth and bonds with Cameron Hodge and starts overtaking society. And oh. it's Beast and uh, Warlock who are trying to stave it off. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure is, as a lot of that show is pretty directly adapting something from the Claremont era. Um, but yeah, the, there is definitely a relationship there. I also have to wonder, kind of getting into the same sort of speculation from last week about like, how does this end for Moira? Right. Yeah. Um, what if she gets absorbed into the phalanx in some way? Oh no. And that's what, oh, you know what? And then she doesn't actually die and therefore she can't reincarnate yeah mm. that would be another way to go right because uh, we know the technology exists to like shove all of their files into her mind what happens if you flip the reverse switch on that yeah if you mm. move her mind into that yeah, yeah. Hmm. um there are so many horrible fates that could befall moira in the next four issues <laughs> oh my word i can't like I, it, it's shocking to me that we only have four issues of this left well and the next issue is another one of the red labeled issues yes. in the back yep so uh, I think we're going to see, like, another Moira death in the next issue. Uh, another shift of some sort, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, last one. Silver Surfer Black, number four. Um, Fucking gorgeous. So, so pretty. I'm going to be so sad when this is over. I have... I realized something while reading King Thor and reading this, because this is set at the dawn of time. What if the Necrosword is, like, a piece of the Silver Surfer? Because this is in the present of the Surfer and the past of the universe. What if, like, he gets forged into a sword or some part of him gets forged into this sword that becomes Knolls and then Gores and then Thors and then Lokis. Yeah, that's crazy. Entirely possible. Like that would cuz the question I still have and I, like in, in, in a good way like why are we still like why are we telling the story? Why is Kate's telling us this piece of Yeah. The story cuz it's not giving us a lot of history about Knoll. Um and it's a fun read in and of itself, but like how is it going to actually come together and tie things up in the next issue and Bring us back into the present. Yeah. Maybe this is where that sword comes from. Maybe. Hmm. That'd be very maybe cool. Maybe not. Who well, knows? And, other and, than Donny Cates. And maybe that's the secret meaning of Silver Surfer Black. Yeah. Mm. All black. The Necro Sword. Right. Hmm. Nice hmm. speculation there, Alex. This had some really fucking good Uatu in it. Yes, it did. Like, real fucking good. And not the good, funny Uatu that I normally love. <laughs> because that's normally the only way that I like him. Um, Serious cosmic import Uatu. Yeah, this one was like, Galen is, or not not Galen, Norn is going to throw baby Galactus into a star. Because fuck this shit, I can at least stop him from massacring millions upon millions of planets. Right? Maybe. Um, And Uatu shows up and he's like, well, okay. You can do this. You can absolutely do this and create another new timeline where Galactus doesn't, doesn't happen. Yeah. But you will still be here in this one and you will still be a monster. Like, God damn Uatu. <laughs> God damn Uatu. Hmm. You know, having that conversation seems like interfering. Nah, right? Well, He's he allowed got, he got to on this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. The Watchers have a policy of making sure Galactus happens. Yeah. What I really appreciate is not just the Watcher throwing shade at Norn for this, but then when Norn communes with Galen inside of his incubator, Galen throwing shade. Right. He basically says the same thing. He's like, well, you're kind of doing the same thing to me that I'm about to do to the world. So... Well, uh, how, how are we different, bro? What's your moral high ground here, that, my friend? That I also, won't go on to kill millions of other worlds? I... Also, I'm hungry. <laughs> also, yeah. I hunger. If there were ever a time for a Snickers ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How That's has so Snickers good. not teamed up with Marvel to do a satisfying Galactus hunger? <laughs> Come on. Like I just wanted oh. I just wanted Silver Surfer to use the power of cosmic to like will a Snickers into existence. <laughs> that would be so good. 
you know what? Galactus eats a Snickers, and then he's the the life the life giving the life life bringer. I like Galactus. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, beautiful. All right, is it still good? Baby teeth number sixteen, Jen. Uh, we time jump again five years, and. The world is a horrible hellscape. Mommy's home. Ghosted in LA, number three, Jen. Oh, shit, I read books. Maybe there's a reason your ex-boyfriend broke up with you, and it's a very valid and fair reason, and you just need to talk to him. Black Hammer Justice League, number three, Jen. God damn it. Um. Welcome to my oh, hell. the bitch is back, baby. Batman and the Outsiders, number five, Ryan. Um, the Outsiders accomplish what they wanted to, but may have overlooked something in the meantime. Batman Universe, number three, Brian. Batman loves dinosaurs. Catwoman, number 15, me. Um, maybe don't put Selina in a sealed box with a couple of explosives and wander off while cracking jokes about (laughs) Schrodinger. Maybe don't do that. Her response to that, if there were an Alex's quote of the week, it would be, yeah, a part of me dies every time somebody makes that joke. (laughs) Or does it? And and doesn't. Right. (laughs) Yes. The Flash, number 78, Brian. Um, Flash tries to outrace death again. (laughs) Hawkman, number 16, Brian. Oh, um... Hawkman tries to outrace death again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hawkman pissed. Justice League Odyssey, number 13, Brian. Jessica Cruz tries to outrace death again. (laughs) I don't know if she tries to outrace death as much as, um, just doesn't want her. Oh. Ignited, number four, Brian. Oh, um, uh... The kids find somebody who can move the earth to save them. Coffin Bound, number two, Izzy takes a photo. Absolute Carnage, Symbiote of Vengeance, number one. Uh, Danny Catch can't catch a break. The Amazing Spider-Man, number 29, Brian. Um, the story of Peter and MJ. Captain Marvel, number 10, Brian. Oh, um, the story, uh, oh, uh, what, oh. Oh, how do I want to say this? Um, Minerva makes a confession. Yeah, what Minerva was has really been up to. Daredevil, number 11, Brian. Uh, Spider-Man makes a friend? <laughs> Invisible Woman, number three, Brian. Why Sue Storm can now be the best cosplayer of all time. Ironheart, number 10, Brian. Oh, uh, Shariri. Shariri. Shariri gets to, to uh, the location they've been trying to, and somebody finds out something that's going to change Riri's life forever. Loki, number three. Jen. Did Loki escape? I very much need Gwynpool to visit the House of Ideas, by the way. Oh my god. Yeah, fuck yeah. And wreck vengeance, yes. Gangster ass <laughs> barista, number two. Jen. Holy shit, was this only number two? I thought it was number three. You told me to. I might have hit the wrong number. I think it's three. Gangster um, Asperista, the most recent issue. <laughs> sometimes you have to try and save a dickhead because maybe you put him in harm's way. Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Yoo-hoo. Flash forward, number one. Wally West in time doing something to make up for Heroes in Crisis, I guess. What really matters is it's the return of the Tempest Fugitive. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 I was not necessarily going to read this, and then I found out the Tempest Fugitives and it. Like, Fuck yes, give me more of this <laughs> sideways. Um, so I am here. I am here for this, Brian. Yes, sir. Inferior five, number one of twelve. Oh my word! Uh, this this just looks like a great big huge mess, and I can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. It's Jim Zob. It's Black Panther. It's a cool cast. This is. This is why. Cool. Once in Future, number two of six, Brian. Um, I don't know if we mentioned the first one. This is Kieran Gillen. We did. Yeah, okay, we, yeah. For for Boom, and the first one was so damn good, and like the 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 interaction between uh the the guy and his grandmother, like I I want more of this so bad. I can't wait for this next issue. Good news. Agreed. You get more in a few days. I know. All right, Jen. No last minute mentions. Nope. Cool. There, it's, it's a it's a bunch of stuff I'm already reading. Yeah. If you, you know what I'm reading, yeah. I'm excited for it. Because we talk about it every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> 
All right, that will do it for us this week. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit our website at panelologypodcast.com and submit questions for us to answer on the show. You can support us at patreon.com slash panelology. You can buy merch at bit.ly slash merch, capital P, capital M. If you want more of me and occasionally Jin. <laughs> Uh, you can listen to Minds at Yerk, our bi-weekly Animorphs reread podcast. At some point, we are going to get you back on there to report on Hatoflu Boyfriend. Yes. I, I shall be back. Oh my god. It Brian been... could also report. Oh my. <laughs> you know what, Brian? If you want to come on and talk about dating birds, you are you, always welcome. You mean Pigeon Brian? <laughs> pigeon Brian. Yeah, if anybody ever sees my phone and Brian calls me or something, it, it says Pigeon Brian. With that picture <laughs> from the game. Perfect. <laughs> uh, you can also get more of me on the Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Robcast, uh, in which uh, we are talking currently about Veronica Mars. And I am predicting, trying to predict things that happen in Veronica Mars. <laughs> To mixed amounts of success. Yeah. Jen, you got anything? Um, uh, uh, well, this will have already happened probably, so never mind. I was going to say I will be streaming from 3 to 4 with some of the GSTU media guys um, while they play Borderlands 3 on Monday, September 16th. So if you listen to this early in the morning on Monday, I will be on their stream on Twitch. Early in the morning. At 3 p.m. Cool. Brian? Uh, no, I'm good. Cool. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Go read comics.